0: I just started to think back and go over the goals that I wanted to achieve, everything that I was hoping for. And the only way for me to actually do that was to allow myself to understand that what I was feeling was normal, it was okay, and in fact, it was necessary.
1: Welcome to the Tenno podcast by Train Like a Gymnast a podcast for formerly competitive gymnasts, dancers, and cheerleaders to come together as a community to realize their potential. Together, we go farther. My name's Danielle Gray, and I'm the founder of Train Like a Gymnast, here to help you become the best version of yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally. On Tenno, I sit down with Olympians, Cirque du Soleil artists, former elites and collegiate athletes, stunt performers, and fitness professionals to show you that you're not alone. Want to win a free coaching session from me? If you've loved everything you've heard in this episode or love 10 in general, we want to hear from you, and we may even feature you in a future episode. So all you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, screenshot that review, and then send it to team at trainlikeagymnast.com. That's team at trainlikeagymnast.com to be entered. If you win, we'll contact you to schedule your session. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day today. Just to start off, if people don't know who you are, go ahead and give us a little introduction of who is Danelle.
0: Hi, everyone. My name is Danelle Leyva. I was part of the 2012 and 2016 Olympic team, as well as five world championship teams. Yeah, I literally spent, I want to say, somewhere around 21 years as a gymnast. And then I retired in 2016, almost immediately after landing my last routine. Did the dismount, and in my head, I was landing, and I was like, and retired, yeah! I just knew that whatever was coming next was coming right after that. Initially, you have all of these expectations, you have all of these, Hopes, you think that immediately things are going to start working out. And that was definitely what I thought, especially because growing up, I was always told that after you do this one big thing, everything else is going to come easily. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I'll just like put a bunch of energy into this one thing and then everything else will come easily. That seems like a smart idea. That is not a smart idea. And it's also not true at all. The biggest struggle for me was realizing that. But also I was very lucky in the sense that I knew that as an actor, because that's what I'm doing now, I knew that it was going to take just as much work, just as much dedication, discipline to succeed. And so I was expecting a lot of work. But in the back of my head, I was definitely still hoping for things to work out a little bit quicker, a little bit easier, just because of the status that I had, just because of the background that I had. And again, like I said, wasn't necessarily the case. And it was tough, especially as a gymnast. It was so different because as a gymnast, you always have everything planned out for you. You always have things essentially set in stone, if you will, where you know when the next competition is. So even if you mess up, even if you do terrible, you always know like, that's fine, I'll just get back in the gym and I'll just keep going and work to this very specific date. And as an actor, it's the complete opposite. As an actor, you're just like, I mean, I guess I'll get an audition soon. And then you go to the audition and you do either really great or not so great at all. And then you're just like, well, now what? So that was something that I definitely had to deal with a lot. The thing that I've done, I've found little hobbies here and there that have helped me maintain my sanity. I started playing soccer a lot. It was something that I wasn't ever able to do growing up and doing it now is really great. Specifically now in these moments where we can't do anything, I've taken up... Uh, trying to be a carpenter. I have all my fingers so far, <laughs> but I put up a fence with my cousin around my aunt's house. And like, again, I've never done anything like that. And I felt so accomplished. I like finished the fence and I was like, oh! Like if I had just gone to the Olympics. But it's just finding those little wins in your life. And even if it's like picking up a paper and drawing something or deciding to learn something on the ukulele or any other instrument or even taking a class online, you know, I know a lot of people are doing some coding now. and That's really interesting. So
1: when you retired, I knew you had that moment where you're just like, I'm done. Can you walk our listeners through that time in your life? Like what was the timeline from that moment kind of to where you ventured into acting or where you are now?
0: Yeah, so I always knew even as I was training that I wanted to be an actor. I never pursued it while I was training because I always thought rather I was always told that it was going to distract me and I was not going to do well on either things. But I was definitely prepared to shift my focus and the same way that I put 100% of Of my time and effort into gymnastics, I decided to do that with acting. And the great thing about not just acting, but just the industry that I'm trying to break into is there are so many different things that you can be learning. You know, like you can be learning more about how to be a director or a writer, which I've now become. You know, I started writing a lot a few years ago and I'm actually pretty decent or so I've been told. They probably lied, but you know, there's just always something for, for you to be doing. And just because I knew that that was my next step, I know that I'm in the minority. I know there's a lot of people that it's really hard for them to find their purpose. I'm currently part of a group that's called MVP, which is merging vets and players. It's military veterans, as well as either retired or still active athletes. There's like some Olympians there, NFL players, NBA players, as well as like all of these military people. And that is always a common thread that a lot of these people are struggling because they can't necessarily find their purpose. As much as we feel that it is very personal and it's like something that is only happening to us, it's so common and being able to talk about that sort of thing with other people just makes you feel really good. So I would encourage you guys to talk about that with your friends, with groups. Yeah,
1: that's why we in this community to to realize you're not alone. You're not having these experiences like this is not just your experiences. All of these are experiences of the community and all of us as a whole. So I know Carly Patterson. We had her on a couple weeks ago, and she was talking about how in gymnastics, right, it, it taught her to go 100 percent in everything. And when she, you know, won Olympic all around gold, then she, you know, switched into singing. And it's like, okay, like you said, the opposite. You knew it wasn't going to be easy for her. It's like, okay. That's what I'm equating success to. So if I go into singing, I gotta get a Grammy or get a number one hit. And she was expecting that. And that did not (laughs) did not happen. So how did you know beforehand that things weren't gonna be different? Like did your coaches talk about like life after sports or how did you get into that mindset of being prepared?
0: I think it was very much my own realizations. You know, I started paying more and more attention. I stopped watching movies for the sake of being entertained and I started watching movies and TV shows to study them, right? And I started analyzing a lot of different things even before I was in the industry and that's when I started realizing that things really weren't as easy as they seem and then obviously I related to the fact like oh well duh in gymnastics a lot of people especially for me they would always talk to me about how I make my gymnastics seem very seamless and like effortless and I was like yes quite the opposite though. so hard you know <laughs> Funny enough, actually, I was part of this dance TV show. It's like the Univision version of Dancing with the Stars. And one of my biggest issues was that they would always be like, you have no emotion on your face. you got to do something with your face. And I was like, what you don't understand is that the point of gymnastics was to do all of these super insanely hard skills and to make it seem like nothing, just deadpan. And they were just like, cool, that's fine. Do the opposite now. I want to see everything. And I was like, okay, that's hard, but okay. But those sort of situations have really helped me out in my current situation for sure. Totally. That just like hit
1: home because I used to do some musical theater and everyone would have all these different you know notes after rehearsal and then mine would just always be face in capital letters.
0: It's like a reset. But, and I think especially for gymnasts, we're like doing the thing and then when something starts to get really hard, we almost, we mask it. And we're just like, hey, and we're just like struggling. We're just like, yeah, you know? Totally. Totally.
1: So through all of this, what was your process like to avoid any depression or anxiety or loss of identity during that time or even now? Do you feel like yourself? Do you feel like a different version of yourself? What is that like?
0: Definitely. I'm, I'm very happy to report that I'm nothing like myself. I am not the same person that I was four years ago. I'm not even the same person that I was two months ago. I'm very happy with the fact that I've actually recently come into the realization that let me give you a backstory so a lot of times when I was growing up a lot of people would always be like you're so good at everything and it would make me really upset because I knew and I saw myself that I wasn't and not only is that obviously like expectations of ourselves but it's also the fact that I was working really hard to try and be at least decent at the thing that I was trying to be at even if it was something minuscule like playing soccer for example but what I've realized is that I have this ability because I decided to work on it but we all have this ability and it's the ability to adapt everybody has the ability to adapt to anything if they choose to you can absolutely adapt to anything. It's it's harder to realize that you have that ability, but once somebody tells you like, hey, no, you can actually do that, you can And the easiest way to realize it is just realize how much of your life you have been forced to adapt to. Even if you didn't like it, even if it was uncomfortable, we have all been forced to adapt. For example, like middle school through high school, two completely separate experiences, I'm sure for a lot of different people. And then of course, high school to college, et cetera. So we have always had the need to adapt. And I've just... I understood that I needed to adapt quicker than what I was expecting myself to, right? But that's not to say that I didn't deal with depression. I didn't deal with a heavy amount of anxiety. You know, I actually have social anxiety. So there's a lot of times where I will be physically uncomfortable to be in a certain place and I'll just be like, and I'll just like recede and be myself into a corner. I've tried to do things to like help it. You know, I've listened to a lot of different videos about it. Literally 10 minutes ago, I was watching some of these videos on YouTube of this guy. I think channel is called Charisma on Command. And it was just basically about how Tom Hanks is never boring in a conversations and like the different things that he does and it's super interesting doing little things like that for me is what really helps me evolve. But there was a time, especially in 2018, where everything kind of hit all at once. And I realized that that same expectation as a gymnast and that same structure that I had as a gymnast was no longer there because I was supposed to do a job. Something was supposed to happen and it was supposed to help me out through the rest of the year in the middle of the summer. And then all of a sudden everything was gone. And that was really hard for me to pull myself out of. It was at least like seven, eight months and it was hard for me. Like when I tell you that it was hard for me to like get out of the house, I just started to think back and go over the things that I wanted in life again. I started to think about the goals that I wanted to achieve, everything that I was hoping for. And the only way for me to actually do that was to allow myself to understand that what I was feeling was normal, it was okay, and in fact, it was necessary. We need to feel down. We need to feel sad and upset. And we need to understand that it is okay because otherwise when we just try and be like, no, it's fine, let's move on. No, it's fine, let's move on. You can only do that for an allotted amount of time because then it's gonna catch up to you and it's gonna be incredibly hard. So it's better and it's healthier to process everything that is going on. It'll like slingshot you forward.
1: I'm just sitting here thinking, yeah, I know all of that now, right? Because, I mean, you're twenty-eight, I'm 27, I think, yeah. And but thinking about, you know, gymnasts during that time, we're all so young. And by the time you're done with your sport, pretty much you've got the rest of your life to go. So was it just you having that innate curiosity of how to be better that caused you to seek out information for how to get better? Or like what allowed you to have that realization?
0: I was always trying to reach up a little bit higher than where I was currently standing or sitting. I always saw people that were better or above me in a certain way, and I would always wanted to be there. It was tough, and I go to therapy now every week. And just yesterday, I went to therapy, and we were talking, and I realized that a lot of the things happening with me, and I'm sure a lot of you experience this, is that we have this sense of not wanting to disappoint people. And it's like, that is such a massive driving force for a lot of us. That's all we think about. And a lot of times there are two different reactions to it. There are people who tend to just be mean and then they just like, oh no, I'm just gonna do myself and I don't care about other people. And then there are people like me who try and do everything to make sure that everybody is okay. What happens with that is that we then tend to forget about ourselves. We put other people in front of ourselves so much that we tend to just fall behind. And that, I mean, what else would you expect? If you open up a door for somebody and you're about to go in to have some food, you open up the door and somebody's behind you, like, oh, yeah, no, no, please go in, please go in. And then people are just gonna keep coming, yeah, no, no, please go in, please go in. There's gonna come to a point where you're gonna continue to let people in, and it's either gonna be full and you're not gonna be allowed to go in, or you're gonna be there for so long that the establishment is gonna close and you're not gonna be able to eat. And they're just gonna be like, okay, can you leave now? Or you're just be like, whoops, didn't eat. That sort of thing, you just have to find the balance. It's not about eliminating that. Because that, honestly, in my opinion, is what makes people good. It's just about finding the balance and understanding that we need to put ourselves first. And that's not selfish. That's healthy. That is necessary. Like Megan just commented, setting boundaries. It is incredibly imperative.
1: When you mention not wanting to disappoint, sure, we put other people... because. This is also something that Carly talked about, too, was, you know, you're always trying to to make your coaches proud. That is what drives us, right, to try not to disappoint. But I think it can also be not wanting to disappoint ourselves and the expectations we have for ourselves. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, how did you manage and set boundaries on your own expectations? Or did that cause you to get into trouble, too?
0: I'm still learning. Sincerely, I'm still learning how to do that. Right now, I'm actually going through some pretty big life changes myself, you know? Like, literally two months ago, I was in L.A not even Um, one month ago i was in la and because a lot of things happened, i decided to rent a car and drive down to miami to be with my family i needed to give myself some space and i was in this situation where i was giving everybody around me space and i forgot to give myself space and again i bring up my therapist she literally told me she was like you know you're really really good and really great at giving other people space but where is yours you're not leaving any space for yourself what are you doing and she said that and i was like oh my gosh What am I doing? And it was literally in the matter of like two, three days that I just like, I was like, "Whoop! running car, getting out of here. Got to go. I drove down. It took me three days to drive down to Miami, but I am so happy. And it's like a pressure that is off of me. By the way, those people that I decided to drive away from, they're doing just fine. The other anxiety that we have is like, okay, but if I stop helping these people, like everything's going to blow up and we're all going to (laughs) die. I promise it's not gonna happen. There will be an inconvenience for a split second. But ultimately, it will be healthier and better for everybody.
1: I love that. And actually one of our girls who came on our retreat, Dominique is on this call, and before our retreats, I give everybody eight one-on-one coaching sessions. And during one of our coaching sessions, we were talking about how, and I think this is also just a high achiever thing, it could be related to gymnastics and dance and stuff, but where we like to pack everything back to back to back to back, and just, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this, because you know that you are capable. But that can lead us to overwhelm. But really, when we are our best selves, it's when we give ourselves space in between commitments. Have you ever experienced that, where you you took- I don't on- know,
0: I, what are you talking about? I don't understand, what? <laughs> I'm gonna give you an example. My favorite comic book character right now, of the movies at least, is definitely Captain America. A lot of people were asking me, why is he your favorite? And so it made me sit down and reflect and try and think about a lot of things. First of all, I relate to him in a lot of different ways because he's the kind of person that no matter what happens, No matter how many negative and bad things are thrown at him he has not changed his inner self he has not changed from being that skinny kid who is always going to be with you till the end of the line and i can do this all day all right but here's another thing i saw this video and it was just about the avengers weaknesses in general but his specific weakness hit me so hard and i want to ask you guys how much you relate to this when you expect the best of yourself when you expect nothing but kindness and a moral justice and just being kind to other people and just helping other people, you expect that of other people. And then when they don't live up to that expectation, you are disappointed. And it happens so often. And I mentioned him and it was just like, you know, like he expects all of these great things from like Natasha Romanoff and Nick Fury. Knowing that they're spies, knowing that they are keeping secrets and whenever they don't live up to his expectations, they disappoint him and he does get disappointed a lot. And they said that and I was like, okay, you know what? Yeah, I just, but that's what it is. That's what we do to ourselves too. And that's the hardest part about it. You know, it's like the expectations that we assume other people put on, on us, as well as the expectations that we put on other people. It's just like a constant cycle of, it's so hard. (laughs) It's so hard. To try and fix it, to try and just not think of it as much as you possibly can, but it is necessary. It's essential.
1: It's like a mirror, and we have to realize that not everybody thinks like us. And it's the hardest pill to swallow, like you're saying. It's so funny when you actually realize, why am I expecting that person to do that when they don't have any of the same experiences or values or perspectives that I have? Mm And it's like, how do we almost help that person get to that level? And I talk about this in some of my courses. It's basically the different levels of consciousness. I don't know if you're familiar with any of those, but when you're aware that you know something or you're not aware that you know something. So if we can do something to bring someone up a level to become aware that they aren't doing something, not necessarily fixing them but it's leading them to get to an equal level so we're not operating at a lower vibration or anything like that so i love i love that the whole expecting the best of yourself and expecting others but then when that happens it can lead to disappointment so what would you say with your own experience and your own practice right now is the best way to kind of combat that and train our brains right like
0: a muscle train ourselves to not get disappointed I think one of the things that I've been trying to incorporate in my life right now, it's something that I was lacking a lot because I'm sure a lot of you have a similar experience to me in the sense that growing up as a gymnast or a dancer, we didn't necessarily have the healthiest relationship with our coach or the person who was bringing us up. Like I said, they conditioned me at least, they conditioned me to want to not disappoint them, but they did it in a way that was not healthy. You can have people want to have that drive without making it toxic, you see, and, and the reason why we don't see that is because of something that I learned from Dave Chappelle, funny enough, a comedy stand-up bit, and he was talking about, it's something that's called standing too close to the elephant. If you stand too close to the elephant, you will not see the elephant. You will just see the elephant's skin. You need to step back a few steps to actually see the whole elephant. And that's something, for me, it's been quite a big goal because we are still in it. And we are like this, and we're just completely inside of everything that is our world. And we need to remember to stop, take a step back, and look at the whole elephant because elephants are beautiful, and they're my favorite animal. That's the difference <laughs>
1: I love that. That's really, really good. I love how the themes of all of these calls, you know, you granted you haven't been on them, but I've been posting them. Everything is intertwined because all of the themes of our lives are the same. And we are so immersed in it when we're training at a high level or anything like that. It's it's the same. Aw, Sarah has an elephant tattoo for a similar reason. I love that. Oh. <laughs> it's amazing. Whether someone listening to this is still training, still competing, or they're just freshly out of it, or their senior season was cut short, or they're where we are at, like maybe a decade or so out of it type of thing. What's something that we can remember moving forward? And it could be maybe the best piece of advice that you've given or gotten.
0: I think some of the best advice that I've gotten, as annoying, frustrating, cliche as it sounds, things do happen for a reason. And similar to my last point, sometimes you can't see it because we're too close. Sometimes you have to just wait. Eventually when the new thing happens, you'll be like, oh, oh, sorry universe. Sorry for talking all that smack about you earlier when you did the one thing. (laughs) I understand now. Yep. There's a lot of times, especially for me, you go to this audition, you do great. You kill it. You do amazing, right? (laughs) And then they're just like, eh, just kidding. We don't want to, we don't want you. And you're just like, but no. And then you start reading the dates and then all of a sudden you get cast for this other thing that was fantastic. You're just like, oh, this was definitely better than the other thing that I definitely wanted. I wasn't able to see it now, but now I see it. Okay. Thank you. So as hard as it is, understand that in this moment that we're in, everything is happening for a specific reason. And a lot of us can't see it right now. I can't see it, but I know it's coming and I know it's going to be way better i understand that things are really tough right now i really do tom hanks says something and it's very good and he says this too shall pass Mm -hmm. if it's something negative and it's something bad this too shall pass if it's something positive and it's something good this too shall pass so it's just understanding oh like i said look at that callback like i said earlier it's about adapting yeah adapt to your next situation
1: and we humans are That's what we're made to do. So we have to believe in ourselves and trust the universe, trust ourselves, that everything will be okay. Because if you think about yourself right now in this moment sitting here, think back to where you thought you were not gonna make it through or the hardest situation in your life. If you're sitting right here right now, you've made it through that. So knowing when that happens again, you will make it through that. And you are a collection of all of those tough and amazing experiences. And so that's something I think that was really, really good to say is, you know, everything happens for a reason. And to remember that you are who you are in this moment because of everything you have experienced. So before we get into, you know, questions from our community, I ask this to everybody who comes on the podcast. What does it mean to train like a gymnast to you?
0: me training like a gymnast i'm very grateful because it is giving me a work ethic that is now just a part of me that no matter what i do i apply that work ethic to i don't think about doing it it just happens so training like a gymnast to me is probably the best base that i could have gotten for anything in life and i know that as a dancer because i was part of that dance show (laughs) i know that as a dancer it requires about the same amount of work ethic and at the same amount of strive and non-stop forward movement towards perfection as lofty as that sounds so being able to pull from that background of training every day and having that work ethic it really i have been able to apply it to anything in any situation in my life i do want to say one thing and i'm so sorry to cut anybody off my favorite quote of all time and you guys i know i'm a nerd all right i already outed myself a few times my favorite quote is actually from kung fu panda funny enough I'm sure you all know this quote, yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, but today is a gift and that's why it's called the present. And it's so cute and I love it.
1: (laughs) It's so cute, it's S apostrophe cute, it's cute. It's so true and I'll spin off of that. This is part of how I coach people as well and for the retreat as well and and I talk about the differences between fear and faith and fear is the mind unguided and faith is the mind just trusting it it knows but the similarity the thing that keeps fear and faith the same is that they're both about the future so you can only have fear about the future because the past has already happened you already you already know it right and you can use that faith moving forward like you know that's what happened to to be able to trust but fear and faith are both about the future so you have the choice to either be fearful or faithful towards your future and if you're in either of those spaces you're not in the present moment either so you need to remember to trust this moment here and now and then the faith is what leads you forward because fear will take you out of the present moment and you will never feel fully aligned with yourself because you'll always feel off you'll always feel disconnected from where you feel like you should be so i love that At this point, if you have a question for Danelle, I will unmute you.
2: Basically, this is kind of something that we were talking about a little bit yesterday too. And I know you said that a lot of times coaches in that toxic environment will get you to want to please them in an unhealthy way. And you said you think there's ways that coaches can go about it in a much more healthy environment. And I wondered if you had any ideas or suggestions of ways that coaches could do that for the gymnasts.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I actually, I am a coach right now. For me, what I try and do, I just try and encourage whoever it is that I'm coaching not to try and be better than somebody else, not to try and show me and prove to me that they can do something. I just try and encourage them to be better than themselves, to be better than the the last turn that they did, to be better than two days ago. It's encouraging them and letting them know like, hey, by the way, if you mess up, that's totally fine. That's cool. We're trying to do this thing. This is a goal this is what you should work for. If you don't make it right now, today, okay, fine. There's always tomorrow. But it's just about like letting them know like, yeah, no, you got it, you could do it. You scared? That's cool, I understand. Being scared is scary but guess what? It's normal. You could do it. Things like that. Those are the kinds of tactics that I use because especially in gymnastics and a lot of times in dance, it's not about you. It's not about the person next to you. It's not about anybody except for the person that is performing, except for the person that is doing the thing. You know, so it's encouraging them to be the best them that they can be.
2: I love that. I've been uh, coaching at a gym out here as well, and it's a completely new environment for me and the owner. One of the things she always tells us is when a kid is afraid, you can't force them into doing a skill that they mentally are afraid of because that's telling them that their opinions aren't valid. It's basically letting them know that you're telling me no right now, but I don't care. You're doing it anyways, And so you have to respect their no and kind of go in deeper and figure out why they are so afraid of this skill or so afraid of this thing. And then try and come up with different ways into getting them to make the decision to do it for themselves instead of scaring them into doing it.
0: Absolutely. And look, there are a lot of people that don't understand that taking a step back is very important. Being able to understand that like, hey, um, I know you have this skill. I know that this skill was really great and you were really good at doing this thing but you're allowed to go back a few steps do it again this is where you feel if you're on beam and you're trying to do a back handspring and you're scared of doing it on the high beam go down a beam lower still don't want to do it that's fine go on even lower let's put a mat whatever let's find what is going to make you comfortable to get you back on that high beam with that confidence, because by the way, that fear isn't necessarily going to go away. What's going to happen is that you are going to understand how to either use that fear, conquer the fear, or just have it work for you. Exactly.
1: Oh, I wish if I could go back in time. (laughs) I love it. Okay, so next we have
3: Megan... Hello. Okay. So piggybacking on that. So I've had crazy experience with coaches, coaching, teaching, all the fun things. Like growing up, I switched coaches multiple times, which usually didn't really happen in rhythmic. But honestly, like I would get into such, like at age nine, just like crying all the time. Like it just like obviously wasn't working with the coach. I luckily had my parents there in my corner. Like, let's find you a positive coach that's not just going to like kill you stupid push you in the corner kind of thing yes i got really good which was awesome but like it was not healthy whatsoever and I had to go into sports therapy and all this stuff like I literally had a sports coach that would help me get over my nerves and all this anxiety that was caused by my coaches which is again I accelerated pretty quickly in the sport so it's like it all was worth it but like again it took so long for me just to find the right coach that actually was positive and working for me and had got me into the right headspace and everything but as I switched into coaching and teaching I have had my trials and errors many times I always felt like especially with more coaching gymnastics than like teaching Or something but I always felt like my kids were pushing my buttons they're like okay you're telling me to do this you do it and I don't know if it's just the kids I had but they were always doing this crap to me and I was just like do you want me to sit an oversplit I can do that like I want you to do it but I always struggled with that because I was just like I wanted to be positive I wanted to be their friend but I also wanted to be that driving force but I felt like as soon as I tried to be nice to them they were like okay we can take advantage of that So I don't know if you guys have any tips for that because like I always struggled with that and the same thing here. I like want to be that positive vibe that I always wanted. I want that positive reinforcement, but I hate the feeling of being taken advantage of or like them not respecting my background because I'm like, I do have the stats. I've done everything. I have the background. I'm trying to help you. but A lot of times I ran into kids taking advantage of that or just not caring. So
1: you're asking, all right, you want to be the coach that you always wanted. Yes. And you're trying to figure out how you can do that without the kids taking advantage of hey she's a nice coach she'll let me get away with this i don't have to try as hard type of thing
3: yes
0: yeah i could definitely give uh i guess my experiences you know i am look it wasn't specifically like they didn't say hey you're fired for being too nice but that was one of the things that was causing the problems right because i enjoy being the nice coach You know, I work at a different gym now and they encourage it and they love the way that I coach, but there was a certain gym that, and by the way, it wasn't the athletes, it was other staff members, right? And for me, it was just having the kids understand like, Hey, I'm fun. We're going to have a lot of fun. Let's do this stuff while teaching them at the same time like encouraging them having them dare themselves and like oh man like ooh, this oh that's cool oh that's fun let's try and do that but then when i needed to you can't be scared of showing that you are the authority because you need to sometimes because like you said there are kids that will take advantage of it you know so it's understanding like we said about giving yourself space as well as giving other people space I think what's kind of happening is that you're trying to give kids a little too much space. And sometimes you need to reel it in and be like, no, no, pay attention. Like, look, like I get it. Like, haha, everything's cool. We're going to pay attention for real quick. And then we're going to go back. You know, one of the things that I really enjoy doing, and sometimes kids, they look at me and they're like, wait, what? I love saying, guys, I don't care if you talk. I really don't. Like, I don't mind. You guys are here. You're amongst friends. We're doing things. But if, when you're about to go, I want you to focus. So show me that you could do both and then this will be allowed. But if you can't do both, then I'm going to tell you that you need to focus earlier or whatever it is. Right. And that's not excuse my language. I'm not being an to the kids. I'm just being like, look, like this is what you need to be doing. And like if you don't, that's fine, too. But maybe this isn't necessarily the group that you should be. in. maybe you should be in this group over here or whatever it is, you know just finding certain things that will make them respect you without you having to be like, Hey, listen to me, type of thing. You understand? Cause I don't know about you guys, but whenever I would go out and, and be trained by other coaches, a lot of times the most impactful things were things that were said to me very quietly that only I could hear them. And then I was just like, Oh, I should probably listen. Oh, man. Yeah,
3: the direct hits, the direct lines. Exactly. Yeah. I remember I like started coaching at a new gym and one of the girls was like, you're too nice. And I was like, what? like she literally came up to me and she's like you're being too nice like these girls are talking too much and I was like let me do my job right
1: I'm usually I don't know I I can't figure out I'm the nice one but kids know not to cross me <laughs> it's that
0: it's
3: that
1: balance of both totally yeah,
3: a level to be at like don't push me but I will be nice exactly All right. way,
0: and I do want to comment on the fact that if I'm sure you could still do a lot of the things that you did as a gymnast for me they don't even get the chance to say like you do it because i'll just be like guys this like you should be doing this and then if that if i see one of them being like mm, i'm just like all right let me show you and then i do it and they're just like oh okay i guess oh, all right i guess we have to do it now if the coach did it i guess we have to do it you know because then what are they going to say they're going to be like well all right right
3: also, growing up, I never saw my coaches doing that. Like, I like, I don't know if it's just like the discipline's different now, but like, I never did that. I never was like, "You do it." That's
0: great disrespect. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have a coach like that though. I did have a coach. He was very strict. We always listened to him, but he was yeah. the incredibly fun coach. In fact, one of the times I had a teammate and he was like struggling and he was like being like, "Oh, like I can't get my steps on the ball. And we used to have this like really small gym in like a warehouse. And he was like you can't get your steps that's cool our vault runway ended at like the garage door at the end he opened up the door walked outside put his shirt over his head like this started running inside the gym on the vault runway halfway through he took his shirt down and did like a layout. and he was like you still want to talk about your steps and they were like no i'll do it (laughs) i'll figure it out i was like yeah okay like I said, it's, it's showing them in a way that they won't be hurt, that you are the authority, that you are indeed, you know what you're talking about, because right. that's really all that it is.
1: Yeah, totally. I have a client who who says he never trusts a skinny chef or a fat trainer. It's like, <laughs> you, have, <laughs> you have to be able to back it up, or you have to like actually be and look the part. Take us home. Meg, I know, has... I mean, she was going to say something, but I still want you to say it to, to wrap this all up for us.
4: Yeah, so I was just going to kind of like piggyback off of what Megan was saying. Like another tip was just finding like that healthy balance of assertiveness and fun. Because I struggled with the same thing when I first started coaching again. After being out of the sport for a while, I was the nice coach because I grew up in an environment that was, you know, a lot of yelling and a lot of like you have to do that just because I said so. And that was the norm, you know, then when I did gymnastics. So I didn't want to be that way because I had learned that that wasn't really effective for me. But I also didn't want to be the overly fun coach who got taken advantage of, like Megan says. So I really had to kind of find like that healthy balance of being assertive and letting them know, like Danelle was just saying, I know what I'm talking about. And not that you need to listen to me because they could either listen or not listen. But for the kids that actually want to listen and learn, you speak to them. And then they kind of set the example for the other kids in the group. Some of them, I've even had gymnasts where sometimes I will go completely silent. Like if they're talking too much and they're starting to like take advantage, I'll go completely silent and I'll kind of like walk away. And then I'll hear one of the other girls be like, guys, you got to listen to Miss Megan. She's trying to talk. And, you know, so they know. But eventually I got to the point where I would also ask them questions like I would ask them their opinions and I would ask them what they wanted to do what do you want to learn like we you know we're not in meat season right now like what do you want to work on so I think like the one thing for me was not giving them too much space to take advantage but also giving them enough space to have a say and be heard as well because that was one thing that we didn't really get like I didn't get to be heard and I you know I had to work on what I had to work on and sometimes that doesn't work for every gymnast. So hopefully that was helpful. I think that's a really good point.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There are two things that I want to talk about. One thing is that a lot of times with a lot of these even current coaches that are about our age, they still have that old school mentality. And so they don't understand, first of all, that it has nothing to do with the coach. It has nothing to do with you and how good you are as a coach doesn't matter. It's them ultimately doing the thing that you're telling them to do. And because they don't understand that, they don't understand that a lot of these kids, first of all, they are children, but they are, a lot of them are at a specific age that they are trying to find and they're trying to explore their independence. Like 11, 12, 13, as humans, that's the age that we start to test our independence and start to understand that we have our own opinions and we understand things on our own and we have our own thoughts about things. A lot of people don't like that because they don't understand how to have a conversation. What you said about asking kids, that's something that I do in the sense that I don't ask them what they want to learn. I probably should. And I probably will once I start coaching again, but what I do ask them, if I'm explaining something to them and I'll break everything down as much as I possibly can, I'll just sit down and be like, Do you understand? And a lot of kids are conditioned to go, mm-hmm. And I'll be like, Do you understand? Like, do you really understand? You can tell me if you don't, you'll get the kid that'll be like, No, yeah. And then you'll get the kid that'll be like, No, I don't know. <laughs> and you're just like, That's fine. Let me explain it a different way. Understanding that your ego has nothing to do with how you're coaching this kid, you know, and a lot of times that's what happens to these coaches that they're just like, this is how you do the thing. And the gymnast is like, okay. And they'll try and do the thing. (laughs) That's what happens though. You know, it's taking your ego out of the coaching. The other thing that I wanted to say is something that I'm sure everybody on this chat has turned into this kind of person. There are two different kinds of people when they deal with, honestly, a sense of trauma. All of us have dealt with a sense of trauma growing up, right? You can either become it and have the excuse, or rather the reason, oh, I am this way because of what happened to me, or what most of us did, if not every single person on this chat, you decide to be the complete opposite. Like Megan just said, you were brought up in a specific way that was yelling and screaming and rah, 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 and you did the complete opposite. The other Megan did the exact same thing, yelling and screaming and talking, rah, rah, rah. And she is the complete opposite. Right? But it's like what I was talking about earlier. It's about finding the balance between being nice and being assertive. And it's understanding that just because we are assertive and we and we tell them like, hey, like this is listen to me, this is the thing, it's not gonna make them hate us. It's not gonna make them feel like we're attacking them. If anything, ultimately they will be grateful and they'll be like, Oh wow, like If it wasn't for that, like, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish this thing.
1: I love having these conversations because we don't so many times. And then we're all in quarantine. And then a lot of times we're like, oh, nobody understands. Nobody gets it. My friends didn't do gymnastics or my parents never did. So I love us having this community to talk about it and the platform to get to spread it to more people. So please, Danelle, don't forget about us when you're a big, fancy, famous Movie star, just remember, little old train like a gymnast. <laughs> and we thank you so much and appreciate you taking you know, an hour out of your busy quarantine day. Yeah, no.
0: <laughs> no, it's not busy. It's not busy at all.
1: <laughs> so if anybody and anybody listening or anybody in our community wants to follow along go ahead and tell them how they can follow along with your journey where they can find you if they can watch you on anything what's going on
0: yeah i mean you know the easiest thing and probably the thing that everybody's on the most right now is instagram You know, i've been posting a few sketches and stuff like that on my instagram as uh, as an actor. I was doing a podcast um, and I was being pretty consistent with it. The only reason why I haven't really continued it is because in my aunt's house, there is a baby and there is rarely any silence at all. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, a, it's just a little tougher to find like an hour out of your day inside the house where everything is nice lighting and quiet and calm. I will start doing it again pretty soon. I've found a place where I'm going to start finding it and that's just on YouTube. I don't really post it on anything like Apple or Spotify. I just like doing it on YouTube. Other than that, probably Twitter, I guess. I don't know. Mostly Instagram,
1: Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. That is your jam. All right. Well, thank you again so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you guys. Bye everyone.